first reading is from Exodus, chapter 33, verses 12 to 23. Moses said to the Lord, See, you have said to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favour in my sight. Now if I have found favour in your sight, show me your ways, so that I may know you and find favour in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. He said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, If your presence will not go, do not carry us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favour in your sight, I and your people, unless you go with us? In this way we shall be distinct, I and your people, from every people on the face of the earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, for you have found favour in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, Show me your glory, I pray. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you the name the Lord, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one shall see me and live. And the Lord continued, See, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord, according to Matthew, chapter 22, verses 15 to 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth, and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Good morning. When was the last time that you had a good chat and quality time with God? I don't just mean those arrow prayers. Lord, please help me to do this. Or please help so-and-so, heal so-and-so. Or those random questions that we just throw out. Lord, why is life so hard? And, and then not waiting for an answer. Or even doing your Bible readings or prayers in the morning and thinking, great, another thing ticked off the list, but not actually connecting with our loving Father. If you are in a wilderness time, this can be really hard, especially if God does not seem to be with you. In Exodus 33, we see God and Moses having a discussion in the tent of meeting, their meeting place. It's interesting to note that this tent of meeting was actually outside the camp, away from the sin that so easily entangles all of us. So Moses and the Lord are having a chat. However, if we look back a bit, we can see that this comes after Moses has been up Mount Sinai for 40 days, receiving the Ten Commandments, the laws and other instructions. He comes down from having had this amazing encounter with God and is faced with the Israelites who have built this golden calf and have started having a party saying, praise this calf, all Israel. It has brought us out of Egypt. I don't know about you, but I have had similar kind of things happen. I've had an amazing encounter with God and immediately after encountered some kind of sin in my own life or other people's lives, which seems to nullify that vision that I've had from the Lord. It takes away from it, makes you doubt it. Did it happen? Did God really speak? Many of us can then doubt what we heard and shy away from what the Lord has asked us to do or to be. After Moses has dealt with the calf, the Lord says to the Israelites can still go to the promised land, but that he will not go with them. He will just send an angel with them. Moses is not happy and goes straight to the tent of meeting and challenges God. Moses starts with reminding God of his promises. I was just wondering what promises can we remind God of when he seems so far away when life is chucking rubbish at us. Perhaps Isaiah 43, I will be with you. John 14, I will give you peace. Romans 8, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Moses reminds God that he has known him by name and has found favour in God's sight. Do you know that you have found favour in God's sight? Or are you still trying to earn that favour? Thinking, if I do my best, go to church or listen to the service at the moment, I will have earned my place in heaven. Romans says, all have sinned and have fallen short. No matter how good we are, we cannot earn that favour that Moses was so sure of. However, when we confess that Jesus is Lord, we are able to enter into that holy place. Enter like Moses did into the tent and face God unashamed and bask in his favour. We are so blessed through what Jesus has done on the cross 
that we can enter into the Father's presence and hear his voice and his love for us. Back in Exodus 33, Moses, however, is not satisfied just with favour for him. He is not content to move on from this place unless God goes with him and the people whom he, uh, God has called him to. Sometimes, especially in a wilderness, we are tempted to go on without God. Perhaps we think, oh, that's a good idea. Something seems right to us. And before praying and seeking God, we jump into it and find that it just falls flat on its face. Me and my family moved to Bath just over five years ago for me to take up a part-time role in a church. My husband, Tim, who admittedly didn't really want to move to Bath, refused to go unless he was sure that God was in it. And so he laid down various fleeces of, Lord, if this is really right, let this happen. The most extreme one was when he asked me to withdraw my application and unknown to me, he prayed, Lord, if this really is you, let Sarah still get the job. I did. And I would not recommend this for most job situations, but it was important for us to know as a family that God was going with us and this was the way to make sure. Moses's reasons for God going with him was so that others could see God. Do we want God to go with us so that we look good or to give the glory to God? I often pray, would this thing go well or this other thing? But I sometimes have to look and think, what is my motivation? I've sometimes struggled with this as a runner. Do I run well to win? and to feel good? Or do I do it to glorify God? Can I run so that people know that God is with me? Moses is still not satisfied with God's presence and wants to see God's glory too. I have been privileged to be part of a number of different denominations of churches and it is really interesting to compare how different churches connect with God. In many charismatic circles, there is a need to push into the God's presence, to desperately seek after God and to see his glory. And this is good because often in these places, miracles happen and people experience the goodness of God. I have found in more traditional settings, people walk into church and just know that God is there. There is no hype. And there is no hunger for more. However, there is this beautiful acceptance of God being there. This is amazing. However, these special places where heaven is thin and God's presence is tangible need to be found at the moment in places other than our closed churches. Jenny is going to be encouraging us all to have prayer spaces where we can connect with God and intercede, talking and listening with God for ourselves, for our neighbours, for this nation and for this world and to listen to God like Moses did in his special tent of meeting. Perhaps yours will be in the middle of your camp like the tabernacle was where you do life. 
Perhaps, like the tent of meeting, it will be out of the way, out of the busyness of life, where you can retreat and find favour of God which rests upon you. Perhaps it will be a set location, or perhaps it will be an activity, like when you go out for a walk, or like me, when I go out for a run. Jesus died so that you might know God's love, know him in the way that Moses did and talk face to face. Don't let the silence, the heartache, the confusion, the anxiety stop you from going into that tent of meeting that Jesus has opened up to you so that you can hear his still small voice of calm, his whisper in the night and his love and peace that surrounds us when all is going wrong and the rest of the world has turned upside down. Amen. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Lord, create in us fresh hearts of confidence and comfort as we share our fears and thoughts with you. Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless our clergy. For Bishop Peter, as he faces further treatment. For Tim, Jenny, Judith, Sarah and Mary, as they seek to lead us in your ways at this difficult time. Bless the mission of the church and help us to build up one another in the faith, that each of us may use our talents to the benefit of others and to your glory. Guide your church that it may show your light and love as it seeks to reveal your kingdom. We pray for all those in authority for Elizabeth, our Queen, for her government, that you would bless them with heavenly wisdom as they deal with the problems set before them. We pray for the peoples of the United States of America. Grant them patience and understanding as they strive to live in peace with one another following the presidential elections. Let your light flood the darkness in our world and make us bearers of your healing for relationships, your delight in this planet and your outrageously generous forgiveness on which we all depend. Through Jesus Christ our Lord and Saviour. Amen. We bring before you all those affected by the pandemic. 
and give thanks for the breakthrough in developing a vaccine to fight the COVID virus. We pray for all those who are sick or anxious. For those known to us who await surgery. In your goodness, Lord, we ask for your protection over them for comfort and healing. We give thanks for loved ones departed. Thinking especially at this time of our dear friend, Joe Stockley. We pray for her family and friends as they mourn. Enfold them in your love, Lord, and let them be aware of you at their side. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. On my Wickham wandering, I've wandered quite a long way. I've wandered all the way out to Loch Tay <laughs> in Scotland uh, whilst wandering around. It's lovely to have you as part of our Wickham wandering. So Mary, obviously people will know, know you originally as parish administrator uh, when you became part of the church plant down here into St Matthews and came down as when I was the vicar so that was 2014 and currently just been licensed as a reader but you've been you've lived in Whitcomb quite a long time is that right? We've lived in Whitcomb since just after Alice was born she's approaching her 29th birthday. So tell us a bit about your family. Um, well my oldest is 29 she was born three months before we moved into Whitcomb and then I have a son who's two years younger who's called Sam and our youngest is B who's four years younger again and she is still living with us trying to set up her own theatre company so she's quite busy working from home as well as Andrew and me which is why we're all up here in Scotland because when we work from home we really need to be here if all three of us are trying to video conference simultaneously. I have a PhD in medical physics, which is actually a connection with Fiona and Tony because she was a health physicist. I was a medical physicist, closely related fields, but I worked in radiotherapy and I did research into high energy electron beams used for um, therapeutic purposes. Wow, you, you lost me at high. <laughs> Amazing. And how did you meet Andrew? Um, we met on our first weekend at university. Wow. In the bar. <laughs> Which university was this, Mary? Um, this was Cambridge University, Robinson College. I was sitting in the bar having half a pint of Guinness. <laughs> this bloke walked in 
And um, the way Andrew tells it is he'd never seen a girl drinking Guinness before. So he found himself drawn to this unique site and introduced himself. I became a Christian when I was in my gap year before I went to university. So I literally only just become a Christian before I met Andrew. He was already a Christian. So that was really significant for me. I was an au pair in Germany. Uh, I had been quite agnostic. My family didn't go to church, although they had a sort of a nodding acquaintance with faith, as it were. Um, but we didn't go to church as a family, not even at Christmas or Easter. And um, I had a very miserable time at a very religious boarding school. So I was quite anti-Christianity. Lonely as I was in Germany as an au pair, I started reading my pre-reading for my course. I was reading my physics books and starting to think that the world was a really amazing place and perhaps there might be a mind behind it after all um, and literally books like waves and oscillations and particle physics were what were driving me to this conclusion basic books there was one book which was a bit more of a fun reading book which they'd given us called the forces of nature by a professor called paul davis and he ended the book with um this phrase no one who has studied the universe can doubt that it's the manifestation of something very clever indeed. And I thought maybe there's a God. As I was approaching the end of my year in Germany, my old physics teacher sent me a little book in the post and I hadn't been in touch with him the whole year. I had no idea how he'd got my address. I had no idea why he'd sent me this book. He just sent me this book called My God is Real by David Watson. And I looked at the book and I thought, Okay, so this is obviously a miracle. So there obviously is a God. So shall I become a Christian now or shall I read the book first? <laughs> and I read the book first because I'm a good scientist and, you know, I'm always keen for more evidence. And, um, and then I became a Christian. Andrew and I run our own business um, called Bath Actuarial Consulting. We advise companies on managing their pension liabilities. I don't do that. Andrew and the other actuary in the business don't do that. I am the financial controller. I look after HR. I do the boring things like setting up the office from scratch um, when we first set up and maintaining contracts with suppliers. But I also help with the strategic planning and the marketing planning because physicists can do anything. <laughs> they just need to read the instructions. <laughs> between being an administrator and being a scientist I had a voluntary position in the church and um, I had also trained as a teacher specializing in A-level physics. I've always been a teacher when I was in uh, another church for many years I used to do regular short talks um, all age talks missions educational events in the church and then I went into teaching and I've always enjoyed teaching but I was in a church which was traditional and conservative and didn't think that women should be preaching which was something I struggled with but I accepted and then gradually once I came back to the Anglican church it was a real time of healing for me because I'd had such bad experiences as at school with the Anglican church and when I came back some years ago to the Anglican church I felt like the Anglican church had changed beyond all recognition 
um, it had moved on um, a lot further than I had grown. And, um, and I discovered that there were women priests and women preaching. And I started to think that it might be possible that God was calling me to do that. And then um, three years ago, I went on a healing retreat and really worked through some of these issues, which were sort of personal issues. And after that, I felt God was saying, well, now you're healed of all these hangups, Mary. Um, now you can do what I actually want you to do, which is to study me, to study theology and preach and teach and help people discover more about me. And so that was really exciting. And that was literally only three and a half years ago. Well, I feel it's very much in the parish. Some readers work in multiple parishes or across deaneries. Um, I don't feel that that's my calling at the moment. I think I'm called to preach. I think in the longer term, I might be called to more, more study. Readers have traditionally been seen as lay theologians, and I feel that's very much where my heart is to study theology and then act as a, a sort of a bridge between um, academic theology and practical theology um, where the rubber hits the road I think that's what interests me. We're really excited for for yourself and for Andrew. Andrew of course um, as a, a warden at St Matt's as well and involved in life across the parish it's so exciting to have you as part of the family here in, in Whitcomb and we're excited to see what's going to happen in future weeks months and years. Bless you thanks Mary yeah, for your we're time. We're excited too. Thank you it's been a pleasure.